Hi guys, it's Chris here. I have a quick apology to make before we get into the podcast today. You see, we are new to podcasting and while we got all the equipment we know we needed, I did not make sure that we were recording through the good microphone for this episode. So it's going to sound a little echoey. It's going to sound a little tinny. The content is still good, I promise. I'm just really sorry about the sound quality on this particular episode and the next one. But after that, we get back to good again. I learned my lesson. Anyway, I hope you still enjoy listening. Thanks. So, you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get a little more sleep. Yeah, and if you need to snooze, we would much rather you were comfortable at home than sleeping out loud during our sermons at the church. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. Now, we're not able to give you the podcast form of all the great benefits of actually being in church, like hanging out with the other people in your pew and the intergenerational experience of small children and octogenarians all in the same room. Yes, that's super fun. Or the music, or especially the cookies after church. But we'll do what we can. So, I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno. We're not theological experts, we're not the best preachers you'll ever hear in your life, but we're your average pastors, and every week we try to help our congregations think through some of life's big questions. We started this podcast so that if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team, or maybe you're catching up on your sleep, you can keep up with some of the things that we're talking about and sharing and thinking about in our Sunday morning sermon. Yeah. So each episode is not a live recording of our sermon. It's a conversation that Susan and I actually have every Sunday anyway of what did you preach? What did you talk about? Uh, It's a conversational version of our sermon. And uh, we started in a conversational way because it seemed right for this venue. But we hope that when you're listening to this, whether you're out for a run or running errands around town or just sitting at home, snuggled up on the couch, uh, we hope that you receive this with an open mind and open heart and think through some of these big questions yourself. Thinking about big questions, we are going to tackle some big questions sometime. We don't want you to think that we think that you have to think like us. Ooh. A lot of things. A lot of things. But what we're saying is we want you to think yes. that uh, we, as, as Method, United Methodists, we believe that we all have brains and we all get to experience uh, the wonderful thing of wrestling with ideas and wrestling with God. And so as we have these conversations, we hope that you will first right along with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And at the end of the podcast, we'll give you our email address and our Facebook page, and we encourage you to write us what you think. Yeah. Let us know going on yes definitely so let's hear hope you hear god in what we have to say today so this week at our church one of the things that i cannot give you is the about 20 minute cantata that our choir and several members of a temporary orchestra performed at the church it was great it was we had a violin and a violinello which is apparently the long word for cello and string bass and bassoon and all these things And we had um, a Bach cantata performed sort of in the center of the service on Sunday. It was beautiful. It was in German. We had translations for people. 
uh, and it was super I'm fun. Glad you had translations, because otherwise German might be a little hard to listen to for twenty minutes if you not speak it. Yeah, I find I find that music, instrumental music, classical music, particularly if I cannot understand what they're saying, is a really good contemplative time for me to zone out and think about whatever I need to think about and listen and just kind of let the music carry me where it needs to go. That's one of the things I cannot give you. Uh, what I can give you is a version of the very short homily that I gave uh, folks on Sunday based around the first chapter of Matthew. Okay, so first chapter of Matthew, first gospel in the New Testament, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, is really the story about Joseph. Good uh, old Joseph. Good old Joe. No. Father of Jesus, who gets some disturbing news, right? He right. finds out that his betrothed is... Betrothed Mary. Yeah, preggers. Mm -hmm. So he has to try and figure out what he's going to do about this. And at the time... You know, there, there's a couple of things he could do. One is he could consult his people, his friends, and sort of say, well, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? One of our deepest human needs is to make sure that we have the safety of a crowd, right? Definitely. Well, we want everybody to approve of mm -hmm. what we're doing, uh, particularly the people whose opinions we care about. I'm an eight on the Enneagram, so I tend to care less about that than most people. <laughs> but he could have gone to his local... Palestinian coffee shop and hung out and said, hey, Mary's knocked up. What would you do to all of his buddies? Now, this, of course, would expose Mary to some gossip and Shame, lots of people's maybe. opinions. So that's one option. The other option is, and perhaps you've heard this, people saying, well, what does the Bible say? What would Jesus say is more common, but yes. Yeah, well, what, what is the Bible? It's all in the book. Just right. read the book. It's, it's, it's the rule book for life. That is one of my biggest pet, pet peeves. peeves. Yes. About church people, it's like, oh, it's all in the book. The book is the, the, it's God's little instruction book. It is not. The book is a collection of people's experiences of God, which means that not everybody agrees all the time. In fact, you can find justification for killing just about anybody in the Bible if you choose to take it out of context. So, in the Bible, in Joseph's Bible, it would have told him that if his fiancée became pregnant, everybody in the village should take her out into the middle of the street and strike her with stones until she died. So yes. Joseph's options are talk about it with his people or what does the good book say? Maybe he has another option. Does he have another option? He chooses something else, which is great. Good old Joe chooses to, and this is a quote, dismiss her quietly. Quiet. To dismiss Still not a nice her option. quietly. Yeah, so men had the option to divorce women. Women, of course, at the time did not have the option to divorce men. Ask me how I feel about that later. Yeah, he chooses to not shame her, to not kill her, but to just separate himself from the mess. To just kind of walk away from it. Cross the road and go on the other side. Yeah, I cannot tell you how much I resonate with this. Particularly, like, one of my kind of life mottos that I have to say to myself over and over again is, choose your battles, Marshall. Choose like, your battles. Choose your battles. You cannot die on every hill. Right. Pick one. Not um, your monkey, not your circus? Not my monkey, not my circus. Yeah, I have to choose what, what is worth investing my time and energy in. Yes. And what is not worth investing my time and energy in. And, um, Preach it, sister. Yeah, so that's the thing. And so when he says, well, I'm just going to walk away from this, oh my gosh, yeah, that's one of my best solutions for things. Mm -hmm. This is not my problem. 
I'm just going to take a back seat. If I'm feeling particularly snarky, I might make some popcorn and watch for a while. But most of the time, I can just walk away from something. I can avoid having to engage in what I don't want to deal with. And so when I read this about Joseph, I sort of think, oh, man, yeah, that's it. Uh Sometimes it's just easier to walk away. The problem is... That's not what he does. That's not what he does. So Joseph... Yeah, if you haven't read the book, stop the podcast now. (laughs) Go back. We're on page 1768. and, uh, And join us after you've read the punchline. Joseph goes to sleep. He has a dream. In the dream, an angel comes. Angel, by the way, just means messenger. He gets the message in his dream that he's not to do any of those three things. He thought he found a third way, but there's a fourth way. And the fourth way is buck up. Stick with it, Joe. Come do what God has in store for you. Yeah, and so he ends up kind of waking up from the dream, I imagine, not super thrilled. Yeah. But also going, okay, this is this is something that just needs to happen, and whatever comes will come. Yep. And the reason I was thinking about it in this way is because what seemed like a problem to Joseph ended up actually becoming a huge gift to him. And how often does that happen in our lives where we see this huge obstacle in our paths And uh, if we don't walk away from them, if we don't beat ourselves up about them, if we engage with them in a constructive way, how often they give us something that we need. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that I think God puts obstacles in our paths. It's not to say that I think God punishes us when we're bad. It means life happens. And if you engage with life, it can bring you gifts that you weren't expecting. Yeah. And so for Joseph, this thing that was a problem becomes a joy. And how often we find joy in the places that we do not expect it. Yeah. Yeah. Where we're surprised. Where where we go begrudgingly off to do something out of a sense of obligation or a sense of resigned ability. And we we do what we, we do something and all of a sudden around the corner is joy. Yeah. So during children's moment, I had my, my horde of minions up in the front of the church and what we've learned recently at my church is that asking kids questions doesn't always make for a great children's moment because they they have such great, wonderful attention spans that mirror my own and we go off tangents. So we give them things to do now instead. It's an activity that we all do together and hopefully this activity teaches us something. And so we were talking about joy and we asked people what joy was and then we asked the kids to give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down if it was something that had joy in it. So we asked about pancakes, and it was all thumbs up. We asked about chores, and it was all thumbs down. We asked about making new friends, and it was all thumbs up. And we asked about standing up for somebody on the playground, and it was a mix, right, of people going, well, I know that that's good, but also it's not fun, right? Sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's not. Yeah, we have this whole, like, anti-bullying thing in my Sunday school. Right. Uh, so something they hear quite often from us is that we stand up for the people who get picked on. So we did the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then I had one of the soloists from, shout out to Jamie, come down from the cantata, who was going to be singing in German, and say something in German, which is a language that to many people's ears, uh, who are not German speakers, may sound very different, a little harsh sometimes. Um, the way English sounds, I think, to people who speak Latin languages, like yes. it's just a little bit yeah. different. And I had Jamie say something from the cantata, from the Spock cantata, in German. 
And then I asked the kids, thumbs up or thumbs down, is there joy in that? They didn't really know what to do with that, you know. Mm -hmm. I said, well, what does it mean? And they didn't really know what to do with that. And so I asked Jamie what it meant, and he said, it meant something along the lines of, Christ come into your church and bring us a joyful new year. And then I asked the kids, okay, is that something joyful? And they all gave us a thumbs up. And I said, so even the things that you don't understand right away may have some joy hidden in them if you take the time to understand them, right? There might be something in it for you. So one of the things that I talk to my church about is loving the people who disagree with you. Oh, yes. And particularly around this time of year when people are likely to get together with family over big meals. And there's always the one uncle who's the crazy hippie from the Green Party and the one uncle who is the NRA-loving, libertarian, Republican, conservative, Rush Limbaugh lover. Like, there's always those two extremes at the table that it can make for some awkward conversations. And it's much easier to avoid. It's much easier to keep the topics on nice, non-controversial subjects. It's much easier to walk away from the table if you can. It's much easier to hide in the kitchen. And it's so much harder to engage. Yep. It's so much harder to see this as an opportunity to grow a relationship, to go deeper, to listen to a different person's perspective, um, and to offer your own truth and the reason why you think it's important. It's so much easier to not do that. And yet, I wonder if one of the worries that we have as Americans is our continued divided political identity and how we don't even see things eye to eye anymore. If the Thanksgiving table, if the Christmas table, if that's not the place to start. Amen. Because there might be some joy there. There could be some joy there. Finding ways to disagree and laugh at ourselves Mm -hmm. a little bit, laugh at each other a little bit, you know, that it doesn't have to be a super dire conversation, but that particularly people who have the privilege of walking away from big issues because they don't directly affect us, we may be missing out on something important. And in the process, we're also sort of letting down the folks who can count us as allies. Yeah. Right? And so it's important for us to do that work. One of the other things in this passage is that Joseph is told what to name his son. Mm-hmm. He's told to name him Jesus. Right. Jesus is a derivative of Yeshua, with starts with a J, J-E-S-H-U-A, mm-hmm. right. Yeshua, which is a version of Joshua. Joshua. Uh, is, you know, one of Moses' lackeys who uh, helped to lead uh, the people who had been freed from slavery, who had been wandering the desert, trying to get slavery out of their system for 40 years into the promised land. And so Jesus is the one who saves by leading us to a new place, not leading us to a place where we're lost, not leading us to a place where we're enslaved, but leading us to a place where we build a world where everybody has a chance to belong, where everybody has a chance to contribute, where we are relocated, re-rooted, and transplanted in a new way, into a new idea, into a new setting, into a new community, but that we are moved by this, that Jesus is the one who leads us into a new way of being. And it happens because Joseph is willing to stick around. Yeah. So... Friends, Friends. Uh, I know, I know, I know, God, I know that it's much easier to walk away from some of the hard stuff. And sometimes you need to, sometimes you really need to, particularly 
if you're in an abusive situation. But if you have a choice and you have the ability to sit at a table with somebody who loves you because they have to because they're your family and who disagrees with you, you also have the opportunity to share with them your heart and to listen to theirs and to start to bridge those differences that we use to divide ourselves. Yeah. And there might be some joy in that. Yeah. Your problem might become something good. Yeah. I told a story about uh, my last church. There was a guy in my last church named Gary who, uh, he was about 6'4", and he was about 60 years old. And Gary was just a total sweetheart. Um, he had some disabilities from birth, mental disabilities, physical disabilities, and his mental age. I don't know that we still use that term, but I don't know the proper term. He was about seven years old. That was his maturity level. And Gary sang every song that the band played at the top of his lungs. He felt every word. If you saw Gary outside of worship, he was humming one of these songs. He loved this message of hope and love and faith and trust that God would care about us, that we have to care about each other. This was Gary's life. Yes. He sang at the top of his lungs. I am fairly certain he never hit a right note. Not even, not even, he wasn't even, he wasn't right even twice a day, huh? Not even twice a day. He was, he sounded horrible. He did. He sounded horrible, but he felt good, you know, yeah. at least yeah. to me. And he was part of this worship service that started at like 1045 in the morning. Most people who came were tired. They, there were a lot of young parents. There were a lot of people who worked long hours and they would kind of drag themselves into the service to get energy from this music, to be inspired by the message. And Gary would come to this service which meant that for the first couple of songs, before everybody else really fully woke up, Gary was the loudest voice you could hear. (laughs) And this band who played music, precise, beautiful music, on beat, in key, all of that, could hear Gary singing over their inner ear monitors. They could hear him singing. And it was a little distracting for them. And I remember one of them came to me and said, can you talk to him? Now, I'd only been to the church for a few weeks, right? Can you talk to this guy? And I, I sort of laughed and I said, what would you like me to say? And they said, well, he's singing so loud that we can't hear ourselves think. And we would just really like it if he would be quieter or move. <laughs> I said, you pastors want... Pastors don't do this, by the way. <laughs> pastors don't do this. I said, you want me to tell the only person who is in it for every word and every note with you to be less into it? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that that's going to help you. He might not ever hit a right note in his life, but... He, he feels every moment of that music. And you have made a difference in his life because you have allowed him to be a part of this community. You have given him a soundtrack that gives him hope. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was the band uh, moved around on the stage so that the people who had to be uh, on, key. on key and in time were not directly in front of where Gary sat. But every once in a while, I would catch this person who had complained smiling a little bit whenever Gary was drowning everybody else out. And I couldn't help but wonder if in the midst of complaining about the mechanics of the service, they began to realize that the spirit of the service was really still doing what it was supposed to be doing. And if that problem didn't become kind of a joy for them every once in a while. But it's so, it's so illustrative of how sometimes we let the problem block us from the joy. Absolutely. 
and uh, we don't let the joy sneak in. So, so often what we're experiencing is joy sneaking in. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So that was my... Yeah, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, it was It was only five minutes in the service, I swear. Yeah. It's a little bit longer here, but oh, that's okay. That's okay, that's okay. Well, thank you for listening, and thank you, Chris, for your message on this Sunday morning sleep-in edition of the podcast. If you have questions or any stories you want to share about joy, especially maybe, please feel free to email us at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Uh, the scripture this morning, the, from the scripture was Matthew 1, 18 to 25. 18 to 25. And you can find that in the New Testament of your uh, print edition of the Bible. Hard, hardcore old school, old book, school. book learning. Or uh, plug those that uh, Matthew 1 in to your phone or computer and find it online. The theme music you heard is uh, Take Me Higher by Jazar, and we're appreciative that we could Yes. Yes. So it's traditional at the end of a service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation. Some wise words that make everybody just a little bit holier. But there are no magical words we can give you. Um, You have been blessed. You have been blessed with a life that's full of wonderful things and a life that is probably also full of hard things. And in the midst of all of those things, the hope the peace and the love and even the joy of God might be peeking through. So keep your eyes open, keep your hearts open, and maybe share a little bit of that joy this week.